Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to a live central midweek. As you can see, I've got my uh, computer up here, which basically means I'm going to try and do a few things. One of them is just go through our regathering strategy, but at the same time, if there are questions that you have and you're using the, the church online platform, as we say, rather than Facebook Live, then uh, you'll be able to type your questions in there and hopefully I'll see them. Uh, at the same time, we've got some hosts on Facebook Live too, so if they see any questions on Facebook Live, what they'll do is just copy those and, and just paste them into to the platform, so hopefully we'll get you covered. So what I want to do is over the next uh, 30 minutes is basically just run through what we're calling our regathering strategy about how we as a church are planning to regather over the next season. Now, as I've said on the videos I posted last week that just unpacked more of the, the survey results, what I'm really trying to pursue here is what I'm calling a both-and strategy rather than an either-or strategy. In other words, looking at these results, seeing the breadth of thinking on this and even the depth of emotion on it, rather than prioritizing one path and asking everybody to conform to it, what I'm going to try and do and what we're trying to do as a team is just go the extra mile and really try and offer you a number of avenues back in that is comfortable for you. So that's what we're calling a both end. The second thing with this is the plan that I'm going to unveil tonight is actually a transitional plan. It's a transitional phase. I believe that what we're going to do next is take a step towards what I would call the new normal. I don't believe for a whole number of reasons that we'll ever go back to the old way of doing things. After the Spanish influenza of 19, was it 1923, I think, something like that, nearly 100 years ago, hygiene practices as we know them changed. And I really do think from all the reading that I've done that there'll be a number of things that will develop as a result of the COVID-19 experience that we've all gone through. And so I do believe that what we're doing over the next six or seven weeks is going to be a transitional phase that will hopefully take us one step further right at the beginning of August into what I'm going to call that kind of pre-new normal phase. So that's the key thing here. It's a transitional phase that we're looking at right now, and it's basically going to be a both-and strategy. And, and we can pursue that because the survey results indicated that there was a, a willingness for us to pursue that strategy. So that's really what we're looking to do. So what, what is this transitional phase? Well, the first thing I want to do is I want to emphasize a series, a mini-series that I'm starting this weekend that I'm calling Freedom Unlimited. Now, if you have a look at the way that's written, you'll see the idea here. The idea is learning to live with or live within the limits of a liberating freedom. And the reason I, I really felt the need to kind of put this three-week series in there is just looking at some of the comments and some of the responses, many of which try to make the regathering of a church a legal issue and a freedom issue. And as I looked at those comments, I just sensed in my spirit that we needed to take a look at, at Romans, at Galatians 5, and just have a look at how freedom, biblical freedom, really works. 
And I, I, I'll start that this weekend, June 14. It'll go June 21, and uh, then we'll really be uh, kicking into it in June 28th. And, and as you'll see in a moment, that will be the real first step for us into regathering. So I really encourage you, even if the summer is here and you plan to do different things on the weekend, just make sure whether that's through the podcast or whether that's through continuing to stream online, that you, that you make time to to tune in to these messages because I do believe that that's going to be helpful to us pursuing this regathering in a unified way because opinions on this, as the survey revealed, vary greatly. So join us this weekend, Freedom Unlimited. It's going to be an incredible season and an incredible series for us. It's going to be just a few weeks. So what are we going to do? Uh, we're, we're transitional phase begins with a message that I'm going to do this weekend. It's going to tackle individual freedoms and social freedoms uh, that really will help us prepare our mind. And then we'll jump into uh, the, the regathering. And that is especially going to begin on Monday, June 22nd. Monday, June 22nd. What, I'm gonna, what we're going to do here is we're going to restart one of our larger venues, which is Celebrate Recovery. Celebrate Recovery has often a, a couple of hundred adults in the student hub. Now, the student hub is going to be a very difficult place for us to use for that group. So if you have a look at uh, this, uh, this slide on the bottom, you'll see that we're going to do this in the chapel. So if you usually attend Celebrate Recovery, you usually do it at 6.30 in the student hub. But on Monday, June the 22nd, we are going to regather the large group of Celebrate Recovery in the chapel. Now, I'm going to go through a little bit later about what's involved in that, but just notice that date. So what's going to happen then is that on the 21st, we'll continue to be online. Now, there will be a difference with that online service in as much as there will be a number of additional people here on the stage. We're going to gather more people on the stage, but then beginning week, beginning Monday, the 22nd of June, we are going to start to regather that Celebrate Recovery Community meeting in the chapel from 6.30. Now, you're going to be asking, what is that going to involve? What are we going to do? I'm going to get to that in just a moment, but that's the key date, first of all. Then, the next step of this is actually going to be Thursday... June 25, 25th of June, on a Thursday at 6.30 in the chapel. This is something for the summer that I've wanted to do for a little while. I, I remember a conversation I had with a few people last year, and this was like the beginning of September. And they came up to me and said, man, it's so good to be back. We haven't been here through the summer because we work during the week and we travel north on the weekends. And that made me realize that for a number of people, the weekends to you, you often spend away, you spend traveling. And so looking at the limited reality that we have, the, the physical distance reality that we're going to experience coming back and the limits that poses on us, I felt that this was a really good time for us to move into the chapel on a Thursday. It will be at 6.30. It will be a 60-minute service. It will basically be the weekend service that we do. 
with the same message. It will be more acoustic driven. Some of the songs will be stripped back, but we will be doing a Thursday service in the chapel and we are calling it Central Chapel. That's gonna be Thursday, June 25th at 6.30. Again, I'm gonna go through what is gonna be involved in that in just a second. So you really see that that week beginning, Monday, June 22nd is really that launch week for us. It continues with June 25th on a Thursday. Now you're thinking, okay, what are we gonna do with Sundays? Well, on Sunday, June, uh, June 28th at 9 and 10.45, we're gonna start to regather back here as a church family. Now, if you're looking at that slide, you'll see that this will be in the worship center. This will again be a 60-minute service. Why will it be 60 minutes? To accommodate the cleaning to make sure that we offer a safe environment for the people who would come in at 1045. That's again a 60-minute service. It will still be the central style that we would normally do on a Sunday morning, but we will strip some of this back to make sure that we're able to clean, but also to make sure that those of you who do want to worship with your children will find it easier doing that for 60 minutes than you would for our usual 75. So there's gonna be some subtle uh, tweaks to this. Now, what I wanna point out is that this service on a Sunday morning, this 60-minute service, and the Thursday chapel service are not going to be live-streamed. Now, that doesn't mean to say we're not going to do live stream. Hold on. But they're not going to be live streamed. In fact, what we are doing is that on Thursday, June 25th at 6.30, what we are doing is we are streaming through the church online platform our central online recovery ministry. Why? Because there are a number of people who are in the high-risk category who won't be able to come back to celebrate recovery on June 22nd, but they still want to be able to connect with their recovery community. So what we're offering then, Monday, June 22nd, 6.30, celebrate recovery in the chapel. Thursday, June 25th, 6.30, celebrate recovery online using our online and Facebook Live platforms as we've been doing. Thursday, June 25th, Central Chapel, live in the chapel, 60 minutes, strip back service from the Sunday, but with no online or on st uh, live stream capability. 9 and 10.45, Sunday, June 28th, 60 minute service, for everybody that's here, it's going to be, again, the same thing, but that won't be live-streamed. Why won't that be live-streamed? Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. But on those Sunday services, notice this. There are a group of people in here in the survey who really emphasized their need and their desire. There was almost an angst that was expressed for higher precautions. And so as a part as a part of this Sunday experience, this Sunday 60-minute experience, we are creating a worship center balcony option that will be for guests who need higher precautions. Now, I'm going to get into the precautions factor in just a second, but we'll notice then that we are doing a balcony experience and we're also doing what we're calling a ground floor and a galleria experience there'll be an option for people to select what their experience will be. 
So we're beginning June 22nd is when this all kicks off, 22nd, 25th, 28th. Now, from our survey, we noticed that a number of people expressed the fact that they would continue online at home rather than come back in this transitional phase. And since that is the case, then what we are also doing is we are continuing our existing online worship experience very much as you experience it right now, that's 75 minutes at 9 and 10.45. We have the team, we have the capability and the technology to basically be able to do both. And so if your preference is to stay home through this transitional phase, then basically we are going to continue to offer on Sundays at 9 and 10.45 an online campus experience that will be experienced in the future just as it is being experienced right now. So hopefully that is pretty clear to all of you. There's a lot of things going on uh, here. And so what is happening then, Monday, June 22nd, celebrate recovery in the chapel, 6.30. Thursday, 6.30, celebrate at, well, essential recovery community online. will still be live streamed for those of you who still want to connect in your recovery community but are not comfortable returning in the transitional phase. Thursday, June 25th, in the chapel, 6.30, there will be a central chapel experience. 60 minutes, kind of stripped back, more acoustic version of what we do on a Sunday. Same message, same communicator, message will be live. Sunday, 9 and 10.45, for those of you who want to worship at home, uh, continue to worship at home, your live uh, stream experience, online experience will be exactly the same. For those of you who want to gather in person, we will meet here in person. There will be two kind of venues that we'll have. One is the balcony for the higher risk group, and the other one is the floor uh, for those people who want uh, lower precautions. That will be 60 minutes to allow for cleaning between the services and also to allow those of you who want to worship as a family to uh, relax a little bit. Mums, I, I know that that will be uh, a difficult thing for you. That's why a number of you have said you're actually going to wait at home until we get everything up and running. Now, it's also important to say on Sundays at 9 and 10.45, middle school, Ignite, will be running a middle school program. We will be running the middle school program. We won't at this stage be running a central kids program, not in this transitional phase. The kids' ministry that we are currently doing online will continue uh, to uh, go. So moms, you could theoretically, moms and dads, you could bring your children, uh, bring a, a, an iPad or an iPhone or any kind of Android device, uh, run that with them with earbuds even while you're in the service. That's going to be possible. So we'll continue to do the Central Kids online experience, but we won't be having a Central Kids ministry in this transitional phase. And there are safety reasons for that. But there will be and ignite middle school ministry. Both hours, 9 and 10.45, again, 60-minute options. Uh, can I just say something? The reason we can do all of this is because our staff are committed to do everything that we can in this six or seven-week period to offer you as many opportunities as we can to connect in person in worship. 
And I just want to take a moment and thank our tech teams, our worship arts teams, our guest services team. In fact, all of our, all of our staff for just being willing to go over and above. I mean, this is summer. This is often the case when things slow down a little bit. But for us, over the next six or seven weeks, we're actually going to offer you more opportunities to connect because we realize that we need to do more to help avoid us being disconnected and even disembodied as a congregation. So this is a key thing, and I just want to go on record as thanking the staff for being willing to go over and above. I mean, church, if you think about this, there's Monday, there's things on Wednesday, right? There's Thursdays, things happening, then there'll be Sundays, multiple things happening all of the time. That is an awful lot of work that our staff are putting in, and I just want to go on record as thanking them for doing all of that. Now, I'm just going to take a second to pause here just to, to look down here to make sure that I haven't confused any of you. June 28th, there will be an option to attend in person at 9 and 10.45, but there will also be a pre-recorded version of the service available online. In other words, what we are doing right now as an online experience is about 75 minutes. That experience, exactly as it is right now, will be what you will have then. But it won't involve live people in the room. And let me just explain this to you. As we've researched different parts of the country doing this, as churches have opened up, the number of people coming back into the church seems to grow every week as there's more confidence. And what happens if you live stream the service with a few people in the auditorium is that typically the, the worship team are almost forced to speak to the people through the camera while the pastor comes up and tries to speak to the people in the room. And this experience doesn't actually suit either audience, either those in person or those at home. And rather than try and do both of these things badly, we're actually going to continue to do exactly what we've been doing previously, and that is... Uh, basically make sure that that online experience is geared to those of you at home. Rather than try and do both, speak to those in the room and those at home and do that badly, we're saying, no, we're going to go the extra mile. We're going to use our incredible staff, our incredible facilities and our technology to make sure that we give you, if you opt to stay at home during this transitional phase, the opportunity to experience worship exactly as you have been over the previous weeks. So that's the key thing, and I emphasize that because that was a question uh, that uh, came up here. So hopefully that is going to be uh, going to sink in. If not, don't worry. In a few moments, I'm going to put a link up there, and that uh, you'll be able to go to a frequently asked questions document that we prepared that is actually live online even now. So let's have a look at. Okay, what about the precautions then, Craig? Um, how are we get, how are we going to do this? Well, the easiest way to describe this is to say that we want a completely touchless service. A completely touchless service. Now, some of you are going to come in holding hands as part of a family. That is totally fine. Some of you are going to shake one another's hands or even give one another a hug. If that's what you do and you've already been doing it, fine. But our, opportunity, our, our commitment to you is basically to offer a 100% touchless service. Let's have a look at what this is. Face marks encouraged. I'm going to get to this in a second again when I talk about the worship center and the balcony option. Face marks are encouraged. All of our volunteers will be wearing face masks. 
So I've got one of them here for you. And uh, one of the hard things with wearing a face mask is the smile. So I don't know, camera if, uh, camera, if you can get on this. It says, I'm smiling, even though you can't see hope and life. All of our volunteers will be wearing face masks. That's simply out of respect to those who really are high risk or, or who want the precautions. So all of our volunteers will be wearing face masks. They're encouraged, but we just recognize that for a number of reasons, some of you won't do that. Let me give you one example why a friend of mine, pastor friend of mine, told me how a member of his congregation went to the doctors to get blood drawn, and uh, the blood was drawn, and the oxygen level in the blood was really low. The doctor came back and said, have you been wearing your mask? And she said, yes, of course I have. I've had to, to be here. They said, hey, take the mask off, and uh, we'll take the blood test in 20 minutes. They took the, blood, the test in 20 minutes. The oxygen level in the blood was back up. For some of you, it is going to be important for you not to wear the mask for reasons like that. For others of you, that's a preference. In the ground floor of the worship center, we respect that. We totally respect that. We do, however, I'm going to go as far as to say recommend that if you choose to sit in the balcony area that you do that because there are a number of high-risk uh, people or there are people who simply choose to take the added precaution. What we would ask you to do there is simply to respect it. We're not going to police that. But we are going to talk about this from a scriptural perspective, and that's part of the reason why I want to talk over the next few weeks about what biblical freedom looks like in the church. So we have here face masks that are encouraged. We are going to sit physically distanced. Notice the term. Uh, we're saying here, if, if we use the term socially distanced, we should have a jar on the stage. I've got Kim in the, in the audience here. We should have a jar on the stage for every time we say socially distanced. We don't want to be socially distanced while we're worshiping together, but we recognize the need to be physically distanced. So there is going to be some physical distance there. Consumables, we won't be having consumables. So for example, uh, we're not going to be serving coffee. That's not something that we will be doing. There's more of a risk associated to that. Also, the bulletin. Uh, we won't be doing that. We are looking at ways of doing that digital with a QR code, for example. So you can potentially scan it with a QR code and you can see the e-weekly or whatever else we give out on the Sunday morning actually uh, uh, digitally on your device. There are things that we will do like that. Hand sanitizer stations. We use those anyway. You will see a lot more of those. There will be no offering plates that will be passed. Okay, again, because that's, uh, that's something that we touch. It's a surface that we touch. We are going to reduce our capacities in all of our spaces to 50%. Now, 50% in our auditorium that seats just under uh, 3,000, if it was fully utilized, it still offers us a lot of room. So we feel we can do that and still offer a great experience. And as I've said just now, no central kids. So we won't be doing central kids during this a transitional phase. Now, somebody is saying, hey, it looks like we may need to book ahead. Uh, yeah, you're right. Laurel, who said that on the chat uh, portion here, looks like we're going to need to book a seat ahead if we need to recommend a certain, if we want to request a certain space. Yeah, you will. Uh, we will need to do that. There are a number of reasons for that, but the primary one is this. 
We've received information that the Ottawa County Public Health Department is working on how I'm defining it as an identify, isolate, and interview strategy that would actually require us to be able to point out who potential COVID patients worshipped with. Now take a, take a moment to look at that. Okay. So the Ottawa County Public Health Department is requesting that churches be able to identify who someone who has been diagnosed with COVID was sitting close to. Now, this was something we really wrestled with. Okay, how do we do that? And so what we decided to do was to introduce an RSVP or a save your seat button. If you look at that link there, centralwesleyan.org regather, okay, if you were to even click on that link, okay, it would open up another tab. If it doesn't, just copy it and uh, type it, open up another tab, and you'd already be able to see that this is already live on our, on our webpage. In that, on that webpage, you will see a frequently asked questions document. Somebody on the chat portal said, hey, could you put up those those precautions again, uh, if you click on the link, you will be able to see the frequently asked questions. You'll be able to go and see all of those diagrams on there. But as a part of this regathering strategy, there is a save your seat option. Now, let me be, I'm going to show you the video of how this works in a second. I'll talk over the top of it. Um, it's very, very easy to do. It's very intuitive. Uh, but I just want to point this out. If we're having 50% capacity in our room, we recognize that some people, even though we're going to go over and above and just say, please help us out here, help us follow the regulations, help us do everything we can to keep people safe and to make sure that people, everybody who worships here is safe, it is inevitable that someone may come to us for the first time or, or just forget to do it. So what we are doing is we are essentially, essentially allowing 45% of the, of the seats to be available for prior booking. We're going to save 5% for on the day. So I would strongly encourage everyone, please, to help us here by registering on the day. If you, if you arrive and you haven't registered, just recognize that one of, our, one of our, uh, our ushers and our team is likely to ask you for your name just so that we can put that into the system to just make sure that we are doing all we can to follow the Ottawa County Public Health Department's recommendation. We don't think that's overbearing. We think that's understandable. Let me also say this. None of this data is going to be kept. In other words, for transparency, when you, if you indicate that you are going to worship with us on that day, that does not get tracked over into some kind of record that's kept of you and shared. Okay, that's not what's going to happen. It's a disposable file, in other words. Once that day is done, we will keep it in case anything comes up health-wise, but we're not going to keep the data. Uh, it is something that we are not going to do. Um, let's have a look at this video. How, how am I going to reserve my seat? This is essentially what this looks like. So you can see you go on the regathering, you click on save your seat, 
and then it comes up. And you'll see here, select your campus. It says worship or celebrate recovery. This is worship. And then you'll be able to see the opportunity. Notice the balcony opportunity is in there too. Okay, so the worship center, that's the floor. You can see all of the times there. You can see the number of people and you'll see the number of available seats. Then at the bottom, you just put your name and the Gmail, uh, you know, your email address, you read. And that statement at the bottom is just saying, hey, I'm coming and I know I'm not sick. You know, I don't believe I'm sick. That's basically what that is. You click enter, it's basically done. That's the way that works. It's a very, very easy system. So a question here, will the closed captioning and sign language interpreter be at the 1045 service? Uh, that is something that we can look at and uh, if that is something that's requested, I'm sure we'll be able to uh, hopefully make that happen for sure. Uh, face masks are encouraged all around the building, but they're not required. Again, in the balcony, we are saying, hey guys, face masks will be required if you choose to worship in the balcony. Now I realize there are some of you who sit in the balcony, you've sat in the balcony for so long that you just wanna to go to your seat and you don't want to wear a face mask. All I'm asking you to do there is to understand that there will be people in the balcony who for a whole host of reasons are there because they think and they believe that face masks are important to them and because face masks are important to them. All we'd ask you to do is to respect that and wear that face mask in the balcony. If that's difficult for you, two options. Firstly, uh, come and worship on the floor. If you don't wanna do that, continue to worship with us through Central Online at home. Again, we're not gonna police this. We don't wanna get into that habit. We hope that people will understand that we're trying to do a both and strategy here and be more committed to helping someone in the balcony be comfortable enough to experience God through the service. We hope that that's enough. If it's not, I would strongly suggest that we need to revisit what it means to be truly free in the biblical sense. And, and church, that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this series. I think right now, even across our country and so many of the social themes that we're going through, we need to look at what biblical freedom is and how that is a freedom with constraints. And those constraints, as I'll point out on the weekend, is a commitment not to do anything that causes you harm or puts you and your conscience in a difficult spot. Uh, let me have a look down here. Um, you will be able to see the total number of available seats. Yeah, questions there about available seating. Yeah, it, once you go on to that save your seat and you choose whether it's a celebrate recovery option, even for the chapel, it's a Thursday option for the chapel, or whether it's a balcony option, or whether it's a worship center option, it will show you how many seats are available for the particular slot that you're requesting. It'll, it'll show you that uh, straight away. Our hope is that with the Thursday option as well, everybody should be able to worship at a service that uh, they you know, that they desire to. The Thursdays are gonna be slightly more difficult because the capacity is limited in the chapel, I believe to about 165 or 166 people. Um, that's, that's roughly the number. But in the auditorium here through the two services, we should be able to, uh, to really cope. And then given the fact that a number of you are gonna wait until you return, the online experience is still there. We think we've got that one uh, go 
done. How will family seating be done? Sunshine asked. Great question. Again, when you go in uh, to the Savior seat, you can go there, select your option. You can go the number of persons, six, for example. We realize that's a family, and then that will be easy for our ushers and our team to be able to know how that seating will work. So that's going to be something through the RSVP system that we will be able to track and identify. And so hopefully, Sunshine, that will help you. We just ask that each family unit maintain a six feet distance. Laurie pointed out, yeah, that's true. And that's why some of the, some of the variables in the number. Where did the 909 and legacy fit in? LJG asked. That is a great question. The legacy generation, if you don't know, 909, uh, 909 it meets in our legacy room, which is just out of the auditorium and close to entrance, I think it's entrance I. Uh, H, I'm looking at Kim, HRI, we've got so many of them, I can't remember which one it is. It's uh, basically under the, the new uh, entry. What we're doing there, we recognize that simply through age profile alone, that is going to be a, and the size of the room, that is going to be a, a group that are at more risk in coming back in this transitional phase. So what we will continue to do is Pastor Larry will continue to do those devotionals. And we, uh, since the service in here on a Sunday uh, is going to be uh, 60 minutes, we would encourage anybody from the Legacy Generation 909 who wants to worship with us in person in that transitional phase to select the, the balcony option and then come and worship with us in uh, the main auditorium. Uh, we're doing that out of concern for your health. Also on the balcony, I should point out that some of you may be mobile challenged and you're thinking, okay, I'm mobile challenged and I've got resp uh, respiratory issues. Uh, how am I gonna get up there? We do have an elevator that will take us up to the balcony level. That elevator will be staffed by a staff person, it will be one family unit at a time. It will basically be uh, kind of sprayed down after each use. There are also bathrooms available on that balcony level that will be reserved for the balcony uh, group. So uh, we do believe that that is the best way for us to do the 909 legacy at this point in time because the size of the room and the crowds that will go through, we believe will expose the higher risk category there unnecessarily. So that's what we've done. It's, it's not the greatest solution, but we believe that that is the best solution over the next six weeks. Um, and we trust that you can understand that. Will the cry room be open? Again, the same issue with the cry room. The cry room is where a number of parents uh, will go. Because why do they go there? It's a cry room. Because sometimes if a parent comes in with a, with a child and the child cries, sometimes, we may not like doing this, but some of us will turn around and the parents will actually feel devastated and they'll feel kind of guilty. And so we have a cry room part of the reason why we have the cry room. But the cry room is actually a small confined space and therefore high risk. And so again, out of proportion, we have to uh, close that room off. What we are looking at doing again, cut down the length of the service, change it up slightly, but also we're looking at some of the spaces in the lobby about what we can do in the lobby to make sure that it would be possible if as someone would need the cry room for a certain lobby section to be available for you to go to there as well. So that's what we're trying to do there. Um, can, we, can you bring your own coffee? I think many of you already do. We've got coffee cup holders here. So if you don't like that, folks, 
series to Central Wesley, and you can <laughs> send me an email if you want. If we buy, allow you to buy coffee here, uh, typically, and bring it in, um, then you can bring your own. If we're not providing that, and that's something that you do, by all means, bring your own. Um, I think the biggest battle we had here was actually putting in the coffee cup holders, uh, so they're already in here. So, hey, I may get hit up after that one, but bring your own coffee, that's totally fine. Um, yeah, Jessica agrees with me. Sherry, absolutely. Of course you can bring your own coffee. Um, Hopefully this is making sense to you then, that we are really starting to ramp this up by preparing our congregation spiritually by just talking about freedom and what freedom looks like within the context of a community that may have different opinions on this issue. Let's remember that when it came to meat sacrifice to idols, when it came to circumcision, the church, the early church had different opinions uh, Christians in the early church had different opinions. And even the line that was taken on, uh, on this was one that was often challenged. But the church had to learn to deal with their differences in a way that actually still maintained unity. That's what we're going to start to do over this week. Then week beginning, Monday, June 22nd, is really when we start to open everything up. And if you need any more, go to that frequently asked question document. That is the centralwesleyan.org forward slash regather. There is, I think, a document up there with 17 pages of information. That's going to be too much for some of you and not enough for others. But we've tried our best to put everything in there to uh, do this. Forgiven, I like that username. That is a very creative one. Asks, will there be congregational singing during the Sunday services? Yes, there will. Again, what we need to do is we need to basically, out of safety, strip this back a little bit, okay? Um, that's something that we need to do. There will be congregational singing, but we do believe in the way that we will uh, configure the facility and the way that we will do the services, uh, this is going to be a very, uh, just a, a great way of doing that. Some of the songs may be contemplative, for example, and that would be perfectly fine. And some of those may be participatory, but just looking at the guidelines there, that is something that we do need to be cautious of. Will we have assigned seats? Uh, Nick asked. They're uh, not necessarily assigned, Nick. It is possible for us to do that. And uh, if we get to the point of doing assigned seats, we will certainly make sure to update uh, the FAQs. Uh, we can do that simply because of the rows that we have in the main auditorium. But at the same time, we recognize a number of you have a spot that you sit in. And uh, we would be uh, treading on dangerous territory to give someone else your seat. I know that. However, um, we just recognize that depending on the flow in here, that that may be something that we need to do. So it's something we can do at this point. It's not necessarily something we need to do. However, when it comes to large family uh, groups, Summer's question earlier on, that may well be a section that we certainly need to assign. Um, so that's one thing. Will there be different entrances open for the balcony versus the ground floor? Separating people doesn't help if the lobby space is common. Yeah, there are, there are different ways up uh, to the balcony. So if you wanted that separate space, uh, Zealander, uh, then you can certainly do that even as you come in through A and, uh, uh, what is it, Kim? Is it I? I. I. 
um, A and I, there is a door there that you can go straight up there. So yeah, those spaces can certainly be um, separated. That's the great thing with the size of our facility. I think I've covered a lot of these questions. Will small groups less than 20 be able to meet at the church, Beth asked. Beth, yeah, this is something that we're starting to open up as well with this. Um, it is a difficult topic when it comes to small groups meeting in the church because at the moment, small groups, according to the regulations, are able to meet outside. So is a small group a worship service? That's where we've got to be very careful. We do see a relaxing of the restrictions. Um, we also see a governor not necessarily following her own, which doesn't help me on this one. That's the only political statement I will make on this one, and then I will move on. Uh, but, but yeah, that is definitely something that we are looking at uh, doing as soon as we can. We just recognize it is very important for us to connect. Again, social, uh, uh, one dollar in the jar for me, physical distancing uh, will be important in all of this. Okay, hopefully this has been helpful. Is there space in the balcony for wheelchairs? Yeah, we're going to work on that one. That is a, a question that um, one of our elders asked as well. So yeah, that has to be a priority. So um, CJB, yeah, that is something that we have taken into consideration. Again, if that is not going to be the case, then our plan doesn't work. Um, Okay, it looks like we're coming to the end of that. Again, I hope this has been helpful to you. I know I've gone through an awful lot of information and in trying to go through the slides and take the questions here, uh, I hope that you will feel that you've got enough information out of this. Again, centralwesleyan.org forward slash regather. The save your seat options are there. The FAQ is there. Read through that FAQ. And let me just say this, if you see a gap in our provision, please email us. Help us to get this right. We're putting this out now to make sure that we have all of your eyes on this. And if we've missed anything, we can fix it. We've still got a couple of weeks uh, before we launch into this. So, uh, okay, I'm exhausted. You must be exhausted too. So I just hope that this has been helpful. Again, thank you for joining us. Oh, one thing that I am uh, conscious of is with the pressure that I'm putting on all of our staff right now, if you think about this, we're still going to do the existing online. We're going to be adding the main services back in. We're going to be continuing to do all of those virtual connections, online connections that we're doing. I'm, I think that I need to stop doing the midweek in this transitional season. So tonight is going to be that last midweek. I'm not saying I won't do this again. I'm saying when I'm putting all of that load on our staff, I probably need to be wise and take one thing away. Uh, I hope you understand that it's just balancing the load at this point in time. How will communion be done, Mara? That's actually pretty easy because you've actually, we've actually got the, the contained, the, the individual uh, cups that it will be possible, you know, the individual ones that we will be able to do. So Mara will be able to do that one okay. Uh, so hopefully that's been good. Let me pray and uh, I hope you have a great night again. Email me, series at centralwesleyan.org, also info at centralwesleyan.org. If you've got any comments as you read through that document, help us get this document right. We're trying to offer as many avenues back in as we can. Oh, by the way, uh, some people asked, what about outdoors? The Ottawa County um, situation, uh, the, 
requirements actually makes it very difficult for us to do outdoors and follow those guidelines. So we may well, the students will probably be doing some stuff outdoors, and we may well, as we get into this, do something outdoors. But we just got to think that through a little bit in terms of how we will do that and uh, just meet those requirements. Because the limit is, at this point, I think it's like, what, 100, 150 outdoors? So we've just got to be careful on that one. That's another question that came in. So. Let's pray together, shall we? And again, thanks for joining us. Father, I want to thank you so much for who you are. And I just thank you that our church family has just helped us get to this point. Um, just again, looking back on the last year, what you have done through this faith family is utterly amazing. But Father, I'm mindful as I come to you tonight that this is a hard week for a number of people. We think if people on our staff that have passed, we think if Stephen and Miranda Rowe who've lost little Ian just last weekend, and we know of other people who've had rough diagnosis from the doctors even over this week. This is a hard week. And so God, as a faith family, I just wanna pause and I wanna pray for them, all of them. I pray that you would be so close, that you would be God to them Father, I thank you as well for the amazing ways that our faith family has just opened their arms and loved on each and every person. And God, I just pray that you would use us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those who are struggling and who are suffering. And God, at the same time, as we're just taking steps to regather as a faith community, Father, we pray that you would give our congregation eyes to see maybe some of the things we've missed as they read through the FAQs. Father, I pray that you would help us all approach our regathering, committing to hold to the unity of the flock, the unity of the saints, committing, Father, to, to just gather together as we're called to do, to worship you with one voice, with one heart, as one people. God, we are a community with very different needs, physical needs, very different challenges. And God, we just pray that you would bring us back together as one people so that together we may overcome and that together we may glorify you. God, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey Amen. Thanks again for joining us uh, tonight. Glad that you could uh, make it. Remember this weekend, our service is 9, 10, 45, 1, and 7. Do pray for some of the families I've mentioned. Uh, we've got the, the funeral of Lily and Ro, a six-year-old boy, this, uh, this week on Friday. And uh, there's just a, a, just a lot of challenges right now. So do pray for, uh, for the Roe family. And uh, just thank you for being here. Have a great week. And again, stay safe. See you soon.